Welcome to Embrace It All with Certified Life Coach Angela Adams. Although living with anxiety can be a challenge, did you know that you can really enjoy your life and thrive despite dealing with anxiety? Come with me and let me show you how you can love and embrace all of it. Are you ready? Let's go. Hey everyone, welcome back. Here we are, halfway through July. Can you believe it? I hope you're having a wonderful summer. And for those of you that have kiddos going back to school in just a few weeks, I hope you're enjoying these last few weeks with them. (laughs) I remember sending my kids back to school and actually I used to cry. (laughs) My kids, I think, think I'm crazy, but I did. I really loved having them home for summer. So I hope you are enjoying these last few weeks. So over the last several weeks, I've noticed many podcasts and posts from different coaches who specialize in divorce. And I am really so appreciative of these women whose sole desire is to help and support so many people who are experiencing something that they have experienced. And and I know, I know it has to be one of the hardest things that they have ever gone through. It's no secret that the institution of marriage and family has been under attack for so long. And lasting marriages are becoming more and more the exception than the rule. I believe, I really believe that the majority of people in the world go into marriage with that desire for it to last forever. But sadly, we live in a fallen world where our agency is constantly tried, constantly tested. And as a result, marriages don't always last as long, right, as we originally hoped for. But there are some that do. Like just last week, I was working with a client who happened to mention to me during our session that her and her husband were celebrating their 42nd anniversary that day. 42 years. Can you believe that? What a milestone, right? And another close friend and I were talking even just this morning, and she mentioned that her and her husband just celebrated their 38th anniversary. And on July 10th, My husband and I celebrated our 35th wedding anniversary. So today, I wanted to take this opportunity to really celebrate marriage. Whether you are married or not, if you're in your first marriage or your second marriage, or are hoping to one day marry again, the principles that I talk about in this podcast will apply to all of you. So please listen on. We know that from the beginning of time, marriage was is ordained of God, right? When he created Adam and Eve, <laughs> the first marriage ever. In 1 Corinthians 11, 11, it states, Neither is the man without the woman, neither the woman without the man in the Lord. God never intended for us to be alone. So as I stated earlier, Dave and I have just celebrated our 35th wedding anniversary. And for me, 35 years has gone by so quickly, really. But if you ask Dave, 
he would probably most likely tell you that it seems like forever. (laughs) And I am sure, I'm sure that being married to me has definitely not been an easy thing for him. He is truly a very, very patient and forgiving man. So at this point, we have been together longer, longer than we were ever single. And yes, yes, to answer your questions, we find, we, we all the time finish each other's sentences or have the same thoughts. It's kind of, kind of scary, but kind of funny, actually. And honestly, I really can't remember a time with my, in my life without him. He has always been there, it seems like. And so for me, this has been such an amazing thing for sure. Now, in thinking about our anniversary coming up and in thinking about this podcast, I wanted to do something a little bit different in this episode. So I had this idea and I ran it across Dave, who willingly agreed, maybe willingly, a little bit reluctantly, I don't know. But anyway, the other night we sat down and made a list of 35 things that we have learned so far in our marriage. And as I looked over that list, I thought it would be really fun and insightful to share with you. So that's what I'm going to do today. Now, just so we're clear, our marriage is definitely not perfect. It's far from it, in fact. Believe me, I don't really believe that there are any perfect marriages. There's no such thing as a perfect marriage. We have made plenty of mistakes over the years, and there has been a lot of trial and error, a lot of disagreements, a lot of long discussions, hurt feelings, anxieties, apologies, and forgiveness. And as I was putting this podcast together, I ran across this quote um, the other day that I thought was absolutely perfect. And it says, a true relationship is two imperfect people refusing to give up on each other. (laughs) As I read that, I thought, perfect. That fits us to a T because we're just that stubborn and we're just that committed. But here are the things that we have learned along the way. And some things we've learned early on, but a lot of them, a lot of them have taken us years to learn. And as I read through this list, I may elaborate on some of those things and I might just leave others alone, trusting that there's really no elaboration needed. So without further ado, let me share with you the 35 things that we have learned in our marriage. All right. Number one. Marriage takes commitment and work. Marriage is a team effort for sure. It is so much more work than either one of us even anticipated when we were <laughs> when we were in that that engagement um, phase of our life. We never imagined that marriage would be so hard. Now, some days it is so much easier than others, right? It has taken being really intentional every single day and not forgetting why our marriage is important to each of us that has really motivated us to stay committed. All right, number two, the more secure we are in the relationship with ourselves, the better we show up in our marriage. Self-esteem and self-development is extremely important, and these are things that we should be constantly working on. Now, when we depend on each other to really validate our own worth, it becomes so exhausting and frustrating for both of us. 
But when we truly love ourselves, we are better able to love our spouse. Now, I have several episodes where we talk about this self-esteem and self-love, so I'm not going to elaborate more on that. And if you want to, go to some of my past episodes, and that's where I will elaborate on that. All right, number three, we cannot make each other happy. It is not our job to make each other happy. Our only job is to make ourselves happy. Now, I'm sure we've all heard, you know, your only job is to make your wife happy. But really, realistically, you can't do it. And wives, you can't make your husband happy. We can do nice things for each other. We can say nice things to each other. We can serve each other. But ultimately, it is the way each of us interprets what the other does or doesn't do or says or doesn't say that creates our happiness. It's not my husband's job to control the way I feel, and it's not my job to control how he feels. And when we think of it, when we think it is, it really is a losing battle. It really is. We just can't make other people happy. Number four, trying to read each other's minds doesn't work. Having to guess what your spouse may be thinking or feeling is not fair to either of you. Say what you mean and mean what you say. Learning how to communicate is so important. I remember um, reading this story about this lady who her and her husband were talking to a therapist and she was just so angry with her husband. And the story came out that that one day they were driving and she was complaining to her husband and she just said, it is hot. Now in her mind, that meant he should turn on the air conditioning. But in his mind, all he heard was she was hot. And so he didn't do anything with the air. (laughs) We've got to say what we mean. We can't read each other's mind. Number five, how we communicate with each other makes a huge difference. Okay, so I tend to have this tone that I take sometimes, and my husband has had to actually stop me and say, are you listening to yourself? You're really, the way you're saying that indicates, it sounds like you're thinking, wow, he is just so stupid. And my husband has this look, and my children and I all know about this look, and his look actually conveys the same thing. So really understanding how we communicate to one another and helping each other realize it is so important. Number six, we don't always have to agree. Now, isn't that just a surprise, a shock? (laughs) Sometimes I think um, we think that these perfect marriages, that they are always in agreement, but that's not true. We are two people with two different minds, two different likes, two different opinions. So naturally, there's going to be times when we don't agree. And it has taken a lot of practice and work. But we are getting better at respecting each other's opinions and working together to really find the solution that we both can be satisfied with. Number seven, being a united team when it comes to parenting is so vital. 
We always ask our children when they come to one of us, well, what did your mom say or what did your dad say? And I know this really frustrates our kids because they know that whatever each other says, we're going to agree. Now, this doesn't mean that we have always agreed when it comes to our kids, but we will be united in that decision. And when we don't agree, we decided a long time ago that we would discuss that away from the children, that we would discuss it in private and come up with a maybe a better solution. And for the most part, we've really stuck to that. Number eight, spending time together regularly is vital. This is so important to really nurture your relationship. This has required such discipline and creativity at times, especially when our children were young and we were on a tight budget and paying a babysitter was not always feasible, but this investment of time really reaps great rewards. And it doesn't have to be extended getaways or elaborate dates. It can be really simple things. Like, for instance, we were really careful on making sure that our children had a consistent bedtime. And really, it was for our benefit. We wanted time together every night so that we could talk and decompress and just spend time together. One of my friends used to order a pizza after her children went to bed. Instead of going out to a restaurant and paying a babysitter, they would feed the kids, put them to bed, and then they would order a pizza, have it delivered, and just enjoy that time together. Um, Just any activities that you can do together, introducing each other to the activities that you enjoy Or what we have found even more enjoyable is learning things together, learning how to kayak, in fact. And something that my husband came up with during COVID that I thought was brilliant was he he knows that I love dancing. And so he found some swing dancing tutorials on YouTube. And that's what we did in the living room each night. And it was really a hoot. I loved it. Number nine, intimacy. Physical intimacy is extremely important to a strong marriage. When we were first married, we naively thought that we would both be on the same page regarding this part of our marriage. (laughs) And we soon found out how wrong we were. Women and men are wired so differently, right? And our desires aren't always the same or at the same time. Now, this sexual intimacy can be a source of frustration or an exultant ecstasy, as Spencer W. Kimball has stated. This is an area where ongoing communication, understanding each other's needs and desires, and working together is vital to a healthy, intimate relationship, and one that you will constantly, we are constantly having to work on through all the different stages of life. Number 10, Taking life too seriously can be a real downer. There are a lot of serious things that come with marriage and raising a family, right? I don't think I really need to elaborate on any of those, but forgetting to have fun along the way can really raise the heaviness of those responsibilities. And this is something that both my husband and I have had to really work on because we we do take life seriously. We take our responsibilities very seriously. But I will say that my husband has been much better than this at me, but I am learning to laugh more and more when things do seem a bit heavy. Number 11, expressing appreciation goes a long way 
and not taking each other for granted. Always look for ways to express appreciation for the big things and the little things. And I can honestly say that this is something that my husband has down to a T and I love it. Every night he'll he'll thank me for dinner or or just doing the laundry or anything like that and it has meant so much to me. Um you know take expressing that appreciation for one another for the big things that they do and the little things really does go a long way. Number 12, support each other in their careers, experiences, and goals. Now, this sounds like a no-brainer, but sometimes supporting each other requires a lot of unselfishness on our part, where certain goals and pursuits of our spouse might take some time and the other may need to pick up the slack, right? Remember, self-development is so important for each of you. I remember when I was I had the opportunity to practice for months to ultimately sing in a production of The Messiah. And that required my husband to be home with the kids for several hours every weekend. And it meant so much to me that he did that because singing is one of my passions. But it also became a really great tradition for him and the kids because that's when they started making cookies every Sunday night. All right, number 13, complaining. Complaining doesn't help any situation. Now, I admit I am guilty of complaining a lot, and I'm working on it. And I think over the last 35 years, I have gotten better and better at this, but it is taking constant awareness on my part. Now, David, on the other hand, (laughs) he lives by this motto. No misfortune is so bad that whining about it won't make it worse. Don't you love that? (laughs) Isn't that the truth? And let's face it, who likes to be around somebody who complains all the time, right? Number 14, having the same values and beliefs in our relationship has been such a strength to both of us. This keeps us on the same page, if you will, striving for the same goals. Number five, let go of the past. Now, I admit this comes much easier again for David than it does for me, and it's probably because I have a much better memory than he does. It's both a blessing and a curse, to be honest. But what good does it do, really? I have found it does no good to hang on to those hurts and frustrations of the past. Believe me, it only creates a deeper wedge between each other. This is something that has given both of us the opportunity to really develop that forgiveness and a deeper love for each other. All right, number 16, life doesn't always go the way we planned. Expectations don't always happen like we want. Um, I rem- just for example, again, being on the same page when it comes to intimacy and marriage, finding a job after my husband graduated, buying a house did not come at the time we wanted it. Having children or two at a time, surprise, <laughs> was not in the plan. And then having to wait years later for our last one. We have had to learn to really work through it together and accepting these disappointments and the surprises along the way. And what we've learned, though, is that life has actually turned out better than we've expected. Number 17, be honest. Don't get caught up in that people-pleasing trap. This only creates resentment. Speak up. Don't make the other pry it out of you. You don't have to eat the eggplant parmesan. (laughs) Yes, I made eggplant parmesan one night and and my husband politely just asked me never to make that again. (laughs) He 
did not like it. But he honestly told me that he didn't like it. And I so appreciated that because I probably would make eggplant parmesan over and over if he had not. Number 18, making assumptions doesn't work. As well as you might think you know your spouse, you really don't. So don't assume. Ask. Number 19, absence makes the heart grow fonder. For us, this has been 100% true. We are both very independent, and so we both need some alone time, some space from each other periodically. And it has been such a great thing in our marriage. It has allowed us to really develop ourselves, but also create a better appreciation for each other and for our marriage. Number 20, working together. We love working together on projects, chores, cooking, and always asking each other, how can I help? Because it not only makes the jobs go quickly, but it gives us both a chance to problem solve together, to learn how to work together, and just to talk. There are so many benefits that we have found when it comes to working together. Number 21, be flexible. Being flexible is so important. Things don't always go the way you want them to, right? Don't be so set in your ways. Routines often make us feel like we are in control, right? But life happens and things come up that are beyond our control. And deciding to be flexible will totally alleviate any contention that could otherwise show up. All right, number 22, spouse first, kids second. Now, I know this isn't always an easy thing to do, especially if you have been a stay-at-home mom, but kids grow and they leave home and you and your spouse are going to have a lot of time together. So making your spouse your first priority is so important. Number 23, being on the same page financially with common goals is something that will take a bit of work and compromise, but is so worth it in the long run. Number 24, keeping score never, ever works. Share the load. Whoever needs help at the time, help. But don't say, oh, it's my turn or oh, it's your turn to do that. Just help and share the load. Number 25, vacations are important. Vacations with each other only are really true vacations or taking trips as a family. Getting away from reality and the responsibilities allows you to reconnect and just have fun together again. Discover that fun that brought you together. Number 26, stay in good health and be active has really been important an important piece in our marriage. Again, it allows us to do a variety of activities together and it hopefully will allow us to live a lot longer. Number 27, you can't change your spouse. Accept them and love them for who they are. Drop all those expectations and allow them to just be themselves. The only person, the only person you can change is yourself. Number 28, getting out of debt relieves a lot of pressure and it takes a lot of work, a lot of discipline, but again, in the long run, it is so worth it. Number 29, willingness to be unselfish and not take each other for granted, always having an attitude of gratitude. Number 30, be patient. We're both human beings having a human experience and we're both imperfect. 
being patient with one another has been, it's been hard, but it does work. Number 31, when you're upset with each other, wait until you have a chance to cool down and you're ready to talk. I know there's this old adage that says, never go to bed angry, but honestly, Sometimes you just need sleep before you can really rationally talk things out, and that's okay. Number 32, listen and hold space for each other without judging one another. Drop the defensiveness and just listen. Ask questions to gain that understanding. Number 33, don't forget to play and laugh. Don't forget to play and laugh. Laughing and playing is not just for kids. It's for you as well. And that's something that, again, we've had to really work on. Number 34, neither one of your family of origin is perfect, and that is okay. Learning to love and accept each other's families just the way they are can really ease a lot of tension between the two of you. (laughs) And number 35, our only job is to love each other, imperfections and all. All through the scriptures, we're counseled to develop charity, which is the way Christ loves us. Now, I firmly believe that the institution of marriage and raising a family is the classroom to learn how to develop true charity, how to develop that true Christ-like love. Now, when you think about the characteristics of charity— Patience, kindness, not being envious, not being proud or arrogant, being unselfish, not easily provoked or agitated, being honest, not deceitful, and being respectful. When you think about all these things, all of these things come up in marriage, in raising a family. Now, it has taken 35 years to learn just those things that I have mentioned. And like I said earlier, we are not perfect in any of them, but we are staying committed and constantly working on our marriage together. Remember, it's a team effort, and this is so important to us. Our marriage is a work in progress, and there will always be more to learn. I just know that. All right, my friends, that is what I have for you today. And if there was any of these principles that I've talked about that you really want to dive deeper in, please get on my calendar and let's coach you through it. All right, my friends, have a wonderful week and I will see you next time. Have you ever wondered what life coaching can do for you? Sign up now for a free coaching consultation at AngelaAdamsCoaching.com. I would love to be your coach.